Miracles are by definition astounding, spectacular, mind-boggling. They demonstrate the limitless power of Almighty God. They are proof of His dominion over His creation. And the Bible is so crammed with miracles that it's a very arduous task trying to pick one that's really outstanding. They all are. Nevertheless, at the risk of committing what grammarians and linguists would call a pleonasm, I'm going to speak today about a miracle that's, for want of an adequate qualification, a paragon of the miraculous. I'm your host, Dr. Jean Norbert Augustine, reminiscing with you a miracle recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Joshua. Let's read Joshua chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Jalan. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed, until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Joshua? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven, and hasted not to go down about all day. Allow me now to establish the context of this phenomenal feat. Joshua, as we know, was appointed by God to succeed Moses and lead the Israelite host into Canaan, the Promised Land. By the time he had taken the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt and led them across the desert of the Sinai, Moses had grown old and went to be with the Lord. Joshua, who had demonstrated solid leadership ability, now took over and led the Israelites into Canaan. But his task was not a particularly easy one. He had to conquer Jericho, a highly fortified city, and wage war against against a number of barbarous heathen armies, such as the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, to name but a few. The good news, however, was that Joshua was not alone. The Almighty was with him, stood by him, fought for him, and fought with him. That was so because it was the Lord's will that his people possessed that land which had promised to Abraham. In spite of Jericho's being solidly walled up and mightily guarded, it fell miraculously when the Lord of hosts orchestrated a bizarre attack against that city. That in itself constitutes another formidable miracle. But let's concentrate on the one we've identified for this episode. Next, Joshua launched an attack 
against the city of Ai, which also fell to the Israelites. So determined Joshua was, and so actively was the Lord working through him. Such military successes, added to the miraculous deliverance from Egyptian bondage, widely publicized Joshua's and the Israelites' reputation. So much so that fear seized all the nations around. One of those were the Gibeonites. Reluctant to wage war against the dauntless Israelites, they chose to use wire, cunning. Dressed in ragged and dusty clothes, shod with worn-out shoes, they took old wine bottles and steel and moldy bread with them and went to plead with Joshua to enter into a peace treaty with them. When asked whence they came, they lied, saying they came from a very distant country, hence the dilapidated state of their clothing and possessions. Pushing further ahead their cunning, they offered themselves as servants to the Israelites because of the name of the Lord their God. And quite incomprehensibly, Joshua swallowed the bait. Now, when Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem, learned that the Israelites had made peace with the Gibeonites, his fear skyrocketed. Indeed, Gibeon was a great city, greater than Ai, and the Gibeonites were mighty men of war. Fearing he would be next in line to fall to the Israelites, Adonizedek assembled four other kings to form a league with a view to attacking the Gibeonites. The truth of the matter was that he feared to launch a frontal attack against Joshua and his intrepid army. The four kings in league with Adonizedek were Hoham, king of Hebron, Hiram, king of Yarmut, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debaio, king of Egon. When the five-king coalition walked against Gibeon, the Gibeonites sent an embassy to Joshua to plead with him, reminding him of the pledge he had made with them, and begging him to come to their rescue. Without hesitation, and true to his pledge, although that truce ran counter to God's will and express command, Joshua and the Israelite army ascended from Gilgal to Gibeon. According to some commentators, that was a 3,300-foot climb over a distance of 20 miles, a climb that's deemed to have taken them 8 to 10 hours of hard walking through the night. True to his promise to stand by Joshua in battle, the Lord comforted him, telling him not to fear, for he, the Lord, had already delivered his enemies unto his hands. Not men would stand before Joshua. As the attack was launched, Joshua's enemies fled before him, and a great number of them were slaughtered. I like to say that the Lord has a very strange sense of humor, 
joining himself with Joshua, the Lord cast down upon Israel's army enemies huge hailstones, thus killing more people than were killed by the sword. As the battle was not yet lost and won, as Shakespeare the illustrious playwright would have put it, Joshua, under divine inspiration and in an act of unrivaled faith, did something. In the sight of all present, he lifted up his voice and commanded the sun to stand still over Gibeon and the moon to stop its march in the valley of Ajalon. And believe it or not, sun and moon halted both their movement. Behind every miracle, there has to be a purpose, a need to be met. As is obvious here, on the practical plane, the purpose of this spectacular miracle was to prolong the day in order to allow Joshua and the Israelites to finish the battle and get the job done. However, collaterally, on the spiritual plane, it served also to demonstrate, if need be, the supremacy and the sovereignty of the Almighty upon His creation. Thirdly, to the heathen nations that were engaged in battle against the Israelites, it demonstrated the Almighty's power over the sun and the moon that they worshipped as gods. We must have heard a song saying something like this. The moon stood still on Blueberry Hill, but that's just poetry in song lyrics. Whereas in Joshua's case, it was mere and blood fact, undeniably, irreputably true, because God's inspired word has recorded it for all eternity. Also, remember, there was a movie in the 50s or 60s entitled The Longest Day in History. But the one truly longest day in history was the day the sun and the moon stood still on Gideon at Joshua's inspired command. A miracle unprecedented and never again reproduced. A miracle only the Almighty God could have wrought and can rework should he desire to do so. Because being God, he is sovereign. To him be all the glory.